You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fit that they had faith in you. And you. You are now locked into the latest edition of the Hey! Rico Palazzo Fancy Baseball Podcast. Brought to you by RotoFanatic.com. It's episode 101. Today, Deary and Govier are here to help with innings limits concerns. How far is too far? And which pickers are in deep doo-doo? Find out today on the latest edition of the Palazzo Podcast. Take it away, boy! You are now tuned in to the latest edition of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Well, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for coming out here this evening. Thank you for being here. It's a real pleasure to have you aboard. It's Wednesday night. Myself and Mr. Christopher Deary back in action. Deary, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. Ready to roll? Back on some baseball. I've been uh, kind of roaming the country here this last week. I'm going to be heading up north tomorrow. I was out in Indy last weekend, so uh, still been able to check in on some ball, but uh decided to get back on the pod tonight. Alrighty. Uh, is your uh, mic connected? I can hear you. I'm just Maybe you want to double-check your settings. You're, you're being audible. It just sounds like maybe it's not your mic because you sound usually beautiful. You don't sound like shit, but just double-check it. Anyways, we're live, and this is what happens in real time. On the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, which is brought to you by RunAfanatic.com. Tomorrow, there's going to be the latest GPS report from our pal, Paul Mimino, at Fantasy on Twitter. If you're not following Paul, then you're doing yourself a disservice. Trust me, he's going to talk about a pitcher in his GPS report like he does on every single Thursday when he releases that beautiful article. And this pitcher is going to be Logan Webb of the San Francisco Giants. What's the mystery behind Logan? What do you need to know? Find out tomorrow live. It goes on the air at rotofanatic.com for everyone to read. Yay! <laughs> Isn't that exciting, Deary? Deary, you said uh, you've been really busy lately. A lot of traveling, living the life fantastic. Um, Is there a question cool? to this? Is it cool? Was it cool? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We went to India, saw Christina's dad. I'm going cool up. Going up north this weekend, leaving tomorrow afternoon for a bachelor party. So it should be a good time. What's going on in Indianapolis? Uh, well, it's Memorial Weekend. Uh, 
Seems pretty similar to what's going on with Michigan in terms of like masks and stuff like that. So we were just outside Indianapolis and uh, most of the places you went to, people had masks on, so people didn't. Um, people are trying to stay away from church. It's been really weird. So like I haven't been wearing a mask to work the last week. I'm, I'm vaccinated and if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask at work. So Tuesday was like the first time I'd seen people's faces in like a year and a half. It was really weird. Yeah, that must be an odd feeling to be reconnected to society and see people in their beautiful splendor. Yeah, there's people that like hadn't met me yet, like members or new people that have been hired there. And they're like, wow, you look a lot nicer with your mask off. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I got the resting I'll kill you face with a mask. Oh, on. no. Is that what people said you have? No, that's just kind of what I figured they were saying. They're like, you look a lot nicer. They're like, you look a lot younger, too. And I'm like, how old do you think I am? For oh, some reason, is. people still think I'm in my late 20s. It doesn't make any sense. I'm I'm bald. I'm like gray in my beard. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Come you on, beautiful man. skin. That's why. Ah, the beautiful skin. You do. Everybody born on August 22nd, 1980 was born <laughs> with beautiful skin. So you're just a lucky guy. What can you say? You might as well enjoy it and cherish it while you got it because that don't last forever. Yeah, soon it'll be over and we'll all be dust, right, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Go Tigers. Go That's Tigers. true. Hey. At any time. I'm going to cherish this moment because I love doing this podcast. I love talking fantasy baseball with you guys. We're going to talk about which pitchers might be on an innings limit very soon. Is it time to dump these said pitchers? We will get into that later in the show. It's just a matter of time. And of course, we'll play everyone's favorite game, the fastest growing game in the United States of America in the world, maybe at least in North America. Name that runner-up fab bid. I love playing that game. We played it with Kev Maserajan last week. Very good. Fantastic. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, three cheers for me. You're just Kev. practicing in front of a mirror all week. Maserajan. 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 I don't know why I really struggled last week with it, but Kev <laughs> was a great guest. He played Name That Runner-Up Fab Bid with us, and we had a great time. Make sure you're following him. The Operating Room is a top-notch first-rate podcast and he was also on the draft champions podcast recently with zach from the draft champions pod he had kev our pal frank amarante and one of the low-key coolest dudes on twitter who i've met lives in canada the shrimp boat captain himself graham all three of those guys were on the show in a roundtable showdown talking about the Battle of the Podcast League, which I am in dead last. Here. I'm proud to report. <laughs> Way to I'm represent. Bringing, <laughs> I'm representing the Plaza Podcast with a terrible, terrible standing. 15th place. Uh, I drafted Victor Reyes, 197 overall. Wow. And I did that because I listened to some asshole. I will not tell you who the asshole is. I'm not going to sell him out. But I listened to him on his podcast once. He's like, yeah, I really like what I've seen for Victor Reyes. Yeah. And I bought into that because I I believe that he knows what he's talking about, but that you was know just as much, Michael. Yeah, that was a big error. Victor if Reyes not more about your own team, too, man. We know what Victor Reyes is. This guy's a Rule 5 guy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're goddamn right. I mean, it's just a mistake. What can I do? I can't undo it. It was also a January draft, mid-January, oh, and all God. the teams that I drafted towards the end of the draft season are the ones that are doing the best. So for what that's worth... I obviously learned things, and I don't know if you guys have found the same scenario on your teams, like the ones that you drafted towards <laughs> opening day are better than the ones you drafted early on. And I know, Deary, you didn't do a lot of, like, really early drafts, so 
you might not be in that situation. There's a couple. A lot of the NFBCs were early, which I'm not doing the best in. It turns out the draft I did two days before the season started is the league I'm doing the best in. So that kind of makes sense. That's what I'm talking about. See, that makes sense. We're talking turkey here live on the Hey, Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by rotofanatic.com, palazzopodcast at pro.mail.com, Palazzo Podcast with two L's and two Z's. You Give me two. We were supposed to have a guest on tonight, but that guest is going to be pushed to Friday. And actually, it'll work out better because it's just going to be more of an informal discussion about fan, not fantasy baseball, but baseball itself, players, mental health. Uh, it's going to be a great conversation. I, sorry that you'll miss it, Deary, but it's not going to be like your typical Palazzo pod. It's something different, but I do think it will provide value. His name is Dr. David Meyer. He worked with the St. Louis Cardinals organization for a while as their uh, rehabilitation and medical coordinator. So... Really curious to see what this guy has to say. That'll be a fun show. Be very informative. Be the first time we've had a real doctor on the show. We've had well, well, we've had nurses. We've had well, Joel's a friend of the show. Call themselves surgeon. Joel hasn't been on the show. We should, we should, we should get Joel on the show and maybe a couple other idiots from uh, the old Future League to talk shop. I would love to have Joel on the show. So a couple of them been uh, been talking to me about it. They're they're interested. Maybe do a little future league pod. Maybe get a roundtable going. This is an open invite to all of you old fogies back in the day. You rambling ramblers, you come on on board to the Hans Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Open invite is now available. Uh, we got some other people that are going to come on the show soon as well. In fact, uh, our guy Tony from the Open Bar Pod. He's going to be on next week. Uh, next Friday. I don't know if you're going to be here or not, but next Friday, not this Friday. We'll be good and to go. And I talked to Van Lee today, and sounds like, uh, he's ready to come back on the show. We were a couple months into the season. We had him on in January. I'd like to check in with him now to see what Van Great. thinks of what he's seen over the first couple of months. And, of course, we'll have plenty of laughs because Van is just a, a really <laughs> fun guy. He can join the Hall of Fame of being on twice. Is that true? I don't know. Has anyone else been on twice? Boy, well, we know Sarah Sanchez has been on many times. I think Sarah's um, been on three times. Definitely. I feel like somebody else has been on twice, but she's I'd have the to leader, check the logs. She, yeah, she's the leader in the clubhouse. Absolutely. She's definitely our most uh, regular guest. But we try to, we don't have a lot of repeat guests because there's so many people to talk to out there and to connect with and learn from that we keep on bringing on new people like Kev last week. So we're just going to keep connecting. And once we get everybody else on one time, then we should start doing repeats. But there are cool-ass people like Van, who hosts the Launch Angle podcast with Rob Silver and Jeff Zimmerman, two guys that know their shit. Rob is a hilarious dude. He's also Canadian. My girlfriend's Canadian. And uh, it, I could end up being Canadian myself in the next couple of years. So it's always cool. I've met so many cool Canadians. Chris McBrien from the Pop Goes Your World podcast. So many great Canadians. And so is the Shrimp Boat Captain. And so is our Dinger Pals. God, there's so many people. Robbie, Ty. We love the, we love the great the we love the great night white north here on the Palazzo Pod. I have some Canadian blood in me. My dad did these DNA tests a few years and traced oh, it all yeah. back all the way back to like Quebec, uh, you know, a couple hundred years ago. So we get a little bit of French Canadian in us. Yeah, I forgot we talked about that. I, I do recall hearing that recently. Eh, we play the Belvedere music. Bell. It's time to do a little bit of streaks on the China. Never mattered before. Who cares? This song's so dumb. Time to do a little bit of housekeeping here with the Belvedere music. Bad Beats. Now, I talked about this about 10 days ago, maybe two weeks ago, on this particular podcast. And it was brought up by Patrick Ryan. And I thought it was a great idea. So I'm still accepting. 
your really sad sob stories. The real, the ones that hurt the most. Those head-to-head losses, or even if it wasn't a head-to-head league, like a devastating last day of the year in a roto league, a points league where you got screwed. It could be in any type of league, but we would love to hear about those stories that you just can't forget. And Deary, I know we all have them, don't we? I lost with a 1.13 ERA last week in a head-to-head. A 1.83? 1. 1.13. 1.13. 1.13 ERA, and I, uh, I had 40 innings pitch. He had 45 innings pitch. Our old buddy Timothy Roofer dominated me in the pitching categories. He had a, he had a point, point like five four uh, whip, and mine was like .75. It was, just, it was dumb. He just dominated Holy shit, that's yeah, painful, dro- dro- Dropped me down to last place. It was so devastating. Then I made a trade today, so I'm feeling a little better. Got, got rid of Jordan Romano, picked up a bat. So Jordan Romano is a bye-bye. He seems to be the main closer for the Jays as it stands now. Yeah, I mean, I have Chapman. I have Liam Hendricks. I have a slew of guys that get holds. And you know how this league works. There's holds and there's saves. And you can't be playing everybody every day. So I'm kind of moving guys in and out. Uh, I traded Romano for Anthony Benintendi. I just need a guy who can give me a little bit of speed. Call him Anthony. Average. That's awesome. That should be and, his name. And he, Oh, yeah. Mr. Benintendi. Anthony. No, that works. He sounds like an Anthony Benintendi. To- Tony Benintendi. Tony Benintendi. <laughs> Andrew Benintendi, folks. Now a part of Death or Glory. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him Anthony Benintendi from now on. I love it. That's a great mistake. Smoke a bow on cruise control. Yeah. All right. So speaking of those bad beats, I want to share Patrick's bad beat. He was very kind with us. And he does his own videos, by the way. Check him out. CTS on YouTube. He keeps everybody updated on their league, the Molson Triple X League. And they're funny. And he loves... The Ghostbusters theme song. So if you're a fan of Ghostbusters, you're going to love Patrick Ryan's CTS videos. Follow him on YouTube. I'll try to drop some more information here in the live stream chat, which you guys can all jump in and ask questions. We're always ready for you. So here's Patrick's story. He didn't start Alec Manoa last week when he threw that gem against the Yankees. Not so much a recurring of that result tonight against the Marlins, which we will talk about later in the show. But at any rate, he says... There was a seven-inning game, and he had other pitchers that he could use. It was a seven-inning game that he pitched in against the Yankees, so he wanted a nine-inning affair, which I get. I understand that. So we get 12 starts per week, and it comes down to yesterday, and I have only tossed 10 starting pitchers. I fucked up, in parentheses. And I got Tyler Molly on the hill. Tyler Molly, remember him? He has four starting pitchers going, and I'm only up like 25 points. It's a points-based head-to-head league. I get nervous and pick up Shoemaker of the Twins. I end up losing by three points because Shoemaker got me minus 3.7 points. Oh, devastating news. Oh, dude, that is such a bummer, man. I'm so sorry to hear that. Nobody deserves that, Patrick Ryan, especially you. But I do feel your pain. (laughs) Oh, Matt Shoemaker. And the Twins are a fucking joke, aren't they? God, what a nightmare the Twins are. Yeah, Bald- so is Baldelli going to lose his job? This is similar to, I think you brought this up about a month ago, similar to when Molitor lost his job. Took him to the playoffs the next year. They stunk, and he got canned. Yeah, this is one of those one-offs, probably, right? It still sucks, but I actually think they're still in it. They're only 10 games under 500. you got a <laughs> lot of life yet, so it's not over yet. I wouldn't be calling it, but June is the time to slowly turn it around. Though we've seen turnarounds in July, so who knows? Who the fuck knows? All I know is, you got a bad beat, send it in. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. And, of course, the trophy 
The trophy for the Palazzo Podcast Invitational. Is it going to be Richard Sands' name on the trophy for the inaugural Palazzo Invitational? We're going to find out, Deary. Uh, Deary, I saw that you climbed up to 54th the other day. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate the love that I've moved up one spot in the last month. <laughs> I moved up to 37 on Sunday. Ooh, I was like, you're, oh, right yeah. the, you're right in the thick of things. You're not going to be relegated next season. Oh, speak of the devil. Richard Sands is watching live right. as we said his name. What's up, buddy? Good to see you here. Yes, Richard. It's your world, and we're living in it when it comes to the Palazzo Podcast Invitational. So he should take top two in the league take over the pod next year. <laughs> <laughs> the whole season. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I love risky opportunities like that. But if you have a better idea, like a sweet trophy, because it's June now, we're going to probably close down the trophy. Um, selection process, if you will, the creativity process, probably within a month. We because we got to get it made, make sure it's ready by the time the season's over. So maybe we could go till mid July-ish, or maybe the All Star break. But whatever it's gonna be, you guys can still make it happen. Give us your ideas, send them in. DM the show, Palazzo Podcast. DM C Deary nineteen ninety nine on Twitter. Deary, the hoofed animal, not like the. Oh wait, no, it's the opposite. Wait, the other way around. It's the dearly beloved sweet. Husband, not the hoofed antlered animal that crashes into your car. And I'm at MJ Govier, G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R. So DM either one of us or Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's, and we'll take your Utah request. Give me two. And if, well, if we have like a final four selection for the trophy to find out which one will win, we'll do a poll and we'll let everybody vote on it. Or we can just <laughs> do a random drawing out of a hat. I don't care. But we want to get your thoughts on what the trophy should look like. So we got the Golden Beaver. We got the... Uh, the one, the the sword one from the KBO, I believe. See, we're one? talking swords. We're talking beavers, championship belts, plaques, NFTs. Ideas out here. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm not down with NFTs. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a new world, dearie. It's a brave new world out there. Uh, Richard says he tuned in just in time to hear us talking about him. Well done, Richard. Glad to have you aboard. Haven't seen you in a minute. It's good to know you're still out there. What I don't hear from people for a while on Twitter or. We don't see him on the podcast like this. When we used to converse, I wonder, like, oh, man, did we piss him off? Did we blow it? But then, it, you know, it just turns out people have lives, and they can't always be <laughs> constantly involved in this shit, right? They're not waiting for 845 every single Wednesday like we are. <laughs> well, that's Ooh, I can't wait till sure. 2Ls, 2Zs comes on. I can't wait. can't wait. But we do appreciate the love, and we appreciate you all tuning in and uh, checking in with some questions. I think Patrick K. Rodman would disagree with that. I know that... He- <laughs> Mr. Brian, I called him Patrick. I'm missing Patrick Ryan with Brian. Sorry, Brian. That's my fault. I owe you one. It's very rare when he's not here. So I actually think he really does enjoy the show. Brian Crodman, you're out there. I like calling him Brian K. Rodman, even though it looks like it's Crogman. But I like calling him K. Rodman. It's just my I thing. I like it. Yeah. Uh, real quick, just, shout just out don't to call him. Just don't call him Patrick anymore because that's not his name. You call him, that is correct. Just call him Tony. I won't. I will try to not let that happen again. Uh, real quick, shout out to our new followers on Twitter. Thanks for being a part of our world, the Plato world. It's a lot of fun out here. We all have a good time, and it's usually fun. Whatever, motherfucker! Greg Cripps. Hey, Gregory Cripps. Welcome to the party, pal. Glad to have you aboard at Gregory Cripps. That's with two Ps, by the way. Kind of like Scripps. Uh, the Scripps Broadcasting oh. Company owns Channel 7 here locally in Detroit. do 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 Oh, I love that. 
uh, we should get the well, that needs to be a drop. Uh, Kevin Smedley at Kevin underscore Smedley. He enjoys the New York Giants, Mets, West Virginia, and fantasy football and golf too, dearie. So there you go. I got a golf fan here. Hello, Kevin. I, I, I golfed last week, Mike. I almost shot in the seventies. I shot an eighty. It really? almost happened. I came this close. I double bogeyed a par three to finish out and shot an eighty. I was so upset with myself. It was the worst eighty Damn! I've ever had. That's amazing, though. It was the worst 80 you ever had? Well, yeah, because all I had to do was bogey the last hole, and I would have shot a 79, but I double bogeyed. I put it in the water. I was so upset with myself. I'm like walking away. I'm like, oh, I shot an 80. That sucks. <laughs> I know what happened. What did, you, what did you have, a few drinks this morning? Huh? Like, I think you did, didn't you? No, actually, I played so well on the front, and I'm golfing with Dave, of course, and I'm like, Dave, like, you got to reel me in on the back nine. He's like, why? What's happening, man? I'm like, dude, I shot a 37 on the front. I could shoot in the 70s. He's like, so? <laughs> <laughs> that's Thanks, classic Dave. Dave. If you know Dave, that's classic. And the hits just keep on coming. And thank you to Fernando Cordero. Fernando Cordero, so good to know you. He works at PetSmart. He's a sports fanatic. Isn't that simple enough? I love it. It's, sometimes it's just that easy. Good to have you aboard. And thumbs up fantasy. It's the only fantasy for some people. Good to have you aboard as well. Thumbs up fantasy. And a tribute to you, Boyd. At Boyd. one two two three eight zero three zero three. He's a fantasy sports participant. I hope you're a real person and not a bot. Either way, if we got some bots that follow the show, hey, fuck it. What can you do, right? You can't but, control all these yeah, things. Fuck it. Yeah, who's hitting, on, <laughs> who's hitting on me this week on the stream? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, people, when you, didn't, you weren't there at the last fab, somebody made a great joke. And that was, I think that was uh, Ryan who was doing the running gag about you doing massages. You were busy with <laughs> massage. I don't know how that's become a thing, but it keeps coming up when you're not here. So I don't give massages, man. My hands are weak. <laughs> oh, come on. And Mike Smith at Smidley Diddley. What a great tag that is. Half of the New York to Philly Connection podcast. Love. He loves baseball, football, fantasy, baseball cards, Harry Potter, and Pokemon. Good for you, Mike. Thanks for following the Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. All of you can do the same if you're not doing so. It's where we do a lot of our main work. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. And our Alaskan brother's in the house. Chaz, what up, man? One home run, back-to-back days. It's a national holiday. Woo! That's awesome, man. Chaz, I told you, it's fucking Juan Soto. It's only a matter of time. I mean, I know you know that, but no need to panic. Hey Matt, what's up, dude? All Matt's right, Matty in the house. Yeah, we haven't talked to uh, we haven't talked to Matt since the turn of the new year. We got to get, in fact, we got to do a Roto Fanatic show. Where we get uh, Paul and Carm and Matt Crosby, everybody. I want to get the whole crew on. Check out the Turn Two podcast and make sure you listen to that because today I listened to it myself. And Matt and Paul were talking about outfielders, who to target. We're at the June point now. Here, two months in the bag. Cedric Mullins, is he for real, dear? Do you like Cedric Mullins? Would you keep him if you were to Would keep I keep lead? him? Oh, interesting. Um, I like what he's been doing in Baltimore. Can it sustain for the whole season? I mean, we'll see. I think he's for real because it was just a delay. Like Matt and Paul discussed on the show today, there was a delayed kind of entrance for Cedric Mullins to come on the scene. And in 2019, that didn't happen when people did expect it. But now we're here in 2021, and he's doing what, at least locally, with the Orioles organization, a lot of people expect it. So make sure you listen to Turn 2. Matt does great work there, and the Roto Fanatic family is here to support you. Like I said, we're always here for you, especially on the weekends. We got articles galore. But I've talked about Roto Fanatic way too much. It's good to see Matt here. It's good to see Chaz, our Alaskan duder, up in the, his house. Let's get into it. 
We do it every week on every show, except the Fab Show, actually. We don't do it. It's called Leading Up. Hip, hip, hooray! Woohoo! I love 8-bit sounds. You think I'll be like 70 and I'll still play NES and enjoy 8-bit sounds, dearie? Yeah, you absolutely will. As will I. <laughs> By then, when we're 70, hopefully they'll have like every... Well, they won't. They won't package it that way. But it'd be nice to have just every video game system in like a tiny little program. That oh, it'll just... Your- oh, Mike, it'll just be uploaded to your brain, man. You won't have to do anything. <laughs> That's so dumb. We always say shit like that about the future, and then like 30 years later comes and... I mean, shit has definitely changed since the 90s. I'm not saying that, but... We don't yeah. go with the flying cars thing seems like it's <laughs> way off. I don't think the was, flying car That was thing. the first thing I was thinking, you know, when was uh, Back to the Future 2, like uh, 88 or something like that? You know, shout out to Matt Williams. He loves Back to the Future, that whole franchise. But yeah, we did not get <laughs> flying cars like we thought we would 30, 30 some odd years ago. Yeah, <laughs> uh, first. So they did Back to the Future in 85. And then they did, I believe, two and three back to back coming out in 89 and 90, but they filmed okay. them in 88, I believe. Okay. But uh, if anybody could correct us on their Back to the Future trivia, we would love to get that information because we pride ourselves on accuracy here at the Hey, It's Rico Plazzo Fancy Baseball Podcast brought to you by RotoFunnel.com. What if I talked like that the whole show? Would that be dumb? Yeah, I'd get off. <laughs> well, was, that, was that Southern Man? Southern Man. Good. Our first catch of the day. It's our first catch of the day. And as we have our first catch of the day, I got to tell you, I'm going with Colton Wong. Colton Wong banged two taters in one game earlier this week. And he looks to be heading in a direction that is positive. I'm a fan of Colton Wong. They're not going to lose playing time to our old pal fucking Keston Hero. That's for sure. We don't have to worry about that ever again. Remember when that was an issue? Nope. Not anymore. He had two home runs against the Tigers on Tuesday, which was yesterday. And... A actual loss to the Tigers, which is shocking. The Tigers have been playing pretty well, by the way, Deary. The Tigers had a winning record in May for the first time in five years where they had a winning month. Really? Yeah. How about that? I heard that on the <laughs> I heard, I heard that the other day. I'm like, wow, it's been that fucking long. Matt Williams says back to the future three Oscar snub. Yeah, that's a damn shame. I, I still don't know how that never happened. I mean, the train scene and the repetitive jokes with the chicken. I mean, who doesn't love that stuff, right? Am I wrong? What's uh what's what's Tannen's name in that one? Doy. Sigmar's pea brain? I have no idea. Biff? Like Biff. Biff the fourth, Biff Buford, Biff minus, Buford or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Buford. Oh yeah, it's like Buford Tannen. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Big Buford. He's like Mad Dog Buford Tannen. Yeah, That's it. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That movie sucks. Sorry, Matt. I know you love. Yeah. You know, can't Too much love of a love story everything. in that one. I did not need, need to see Doc Brown fall in love. <laughs> Doc Brown falls in love. Well, shit, 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 shit. Back, back well, to Colton Wong here. You may run like maze, but you hit like shit. And the reason I want to go back to Colton Wong is I love when you talk about something the week before and then it comes to fruition the next week. Last week, we talked about guys that you can go in and buy in on. I talked about Colton Wong and he's had an incredible week. A couple stolen bases, a couple home runs against the Tigers the other night. Leading off for the Brew Crew. Keston here is not going to be taking any playing time away from him. And also shout out to Kev because he said Austin Meadows in the last seven days. Austin Meadows. Four home runs, 10 RBIs, bet 444. So it sounds fire. like we know what we're talking about on these podcasts. 
Yeah, and uh, we get it wrong sometimes. Jasper, there he is. Woohoo! Jasper Springer, our Indiana maniac, into his house. Uh, I don't say his house very often, but I like to throw it out there once in a while. Good to have you aboard. And Matt, I was right. Buford Bad Dog Tannen. So I eventually got it correct. Thank you, Matt. And no, I did not enjoy that film, LOL. Okay. Well, that's good to know, Matt, that you do have taste and draw the line at a certain point. Uh, but Jasper, it's good to see you here. Chaz is here. All the classics are here except Brian K. Rodman. Good to have you aboard. We're talking Colton Wong. We predicted that he might play better. And lo and behold, he's playing better. Rest of the season, would you rather have Colton Wong or Chase Utley? <laughs> That's a joke. Would you rather have Colton Wong or Nick Solak? Oh, man, Nick Solak is uh, he's, he's kind of falling apart. He's shitting his diaper right now. He has not been good over the last, like, three weeks. He's been really, really bad. Oh, man, Colton Wong's a little proven. I like more of a, a comp of Colton Wong versus Jonathan Scope, who's also been on fire for the Tigers, batting in the yep. four hole. He's got four home runs in the last week. He's finally heated up. This is a guy that I really like to, you know, preseason, I kind of keyed in on as a guy that you could get really, really late in the draft that could give you some power, going to bat in the middle of the lineup. Had a terrible first two months, but now he's starting to heat up. But I think I like Colton Wong over, over both those guys if he can stay healthy. Wow. That's intriguing. Nick Solak is at our favorite stadium, favorite field. I don't like calling baseball stadiums. They're not. They're fields. You know, stadiums yeah. are like where football people play. Fully enclosed and yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess I guess not. Michigan Stadium's not fully. It's a it's a field. It's a baseball field. Michigan a, Stadium. Yeah, it's a just diamond. a bigger. I don't know. It's like yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's I'm going a complex. Under the diamond. Yeah, a field. See, at the same time, a football field could be a field. And then they called basketball places field houses. So I don't know. I'm, who cares? All I do know is that Nick Solak is playing at Coors this week. I was really excited about it. I was like, all right, this is where everything's going to turn around. Nick Solak is playing at Coors Field three games in the beautiful altitude in Denver. And what do you know? He goes 0 for 4 yesterday. And then tonight they bench him. So there you go. I mean, I am at a loss with Nick Solak. Colton Wong or Solak rest of season. I think I might be, I might be abandoning ship. I mean, I love Solak. I talked about it preseason. I, my own actions show that I have Solak in like eight leagues. So, I don't know. Well, I mean, it could just be the peaks and valleys that you're going to get. I mean, Nick Solak this is the first time he's getting the hell of a valley. Know, regular playing time, and you know he was a top twenty five player in that first like month and a half, and it's just all falling apart. So hopefully this is just a valley that he's in. He can start climbing that mountain and get back on top. Yeah, the problem is, though, this valley keeps on rolling, and there's a certain <laughs> point where you're like, hey, man, give me something. I mean, he hasn't hit a home run in forever, and he hit two home runs in one game back in April, I think it was. I could double-check that. I'll check the game log, but there's nothing to go on here. Nothing. He's sitting 239, eight home runs, 24 RBIs, and two steals. That's the worst part. That's the most egregious part for me because I expected the Rangers to run like madmen. But it turns out the Padres are the team that are running like wildfire. They're blowing everybody else away, and it's not even close. I think it was Vlad, I believe, or somebody else. I see so many tweets. Someone posted a tweet about who's leading the league team-wise in steals, and the Padres had 59. This was over the weekend. Oh, wow. The Rangers came in at like third or fourth at 38. So they're way, way down from where I expected them to run. And if Nick Solak's not running, then he doesn't provide nearly the value that I was expecting when I was hoping for a 2020 season. I really was. He had one stolen base in May, and he had one home run in May. 
<laughs> See? That's what I'm talking about. And they had the two-homer game in April, so it kind of came in bunches, and they kind of chilled out. Uh, Jasper says uh, that free agents in his keeper league are Wong and Scope. So mm. I would actually consider dropping. There. If you're in a 12-team league, 10-team league, I would drop Nick Solak for Wong and even Scope possibly because when Scope goes on a tear, I said this a few days ago, Scope goes on these streaks. When it's Scope season, you got to invest <laughs> in it. And when it's over, you bail, eject. Hit the panic button. Get out as soon as you possibly can. Yeah, I mean it's our, it's early June now, so depending on where you are in the standings, like it's time to start making moves. I'm trying to make trades right now for the leagues that I'm not doing so good in. I'm trying to ship off guys like a Nick Solek, which I wish I would have done a little earlier. I'm not getting anyone to bite on it right now, but a guy like Scope or Wong is out there, and and you know you're still waiting on some guys to to heat up for your squad. Maybe it's time to pounce on some guys that are on the wire that are doing really really well because there are some guys out there, and we're looking at guys. You know, that are probably going to have a really, really nice June and maybe boost you up in those standings. If you look over Solex since May 10th, May 10th, <laughs> he's playing every day. He's had 11 hits. Oh, my God. In three weeks of action and about 20 games here. That's awful. It's just, I mean, you're not getting a hit every day, but there's zero home runs in there besides the one home run he had on May 18th. And the steals are non-existent. The last steal that he had was all the way back when he stole two in one game on April 6th. Two, Utah. Give me two. Utah, give me two. And that was on April 6th. It's like the Loriano experiment where the guy stole eight steals in the first two weeks, and yeah. now he never steals again. Is what he gonna going on out there? <laughs> Is Nick Solak going to lose his job to Charlie Culberson at this point? Maybe. I am devastated. Nick Solak has definitely been one of my bigger disappointments. Even though if you look at his line from afar, it's like, well, it doesn't look terrible yeah. right now. But that all the production came in April, and nothing's happening forever. You can't be stuck with an anchor dragging your team down. You know that as well as anybody out there who's listening or watching this live on YouTube, Facebook Live, or Twitch. Richard Sands says, I got to bail. I'll listen to the rest of the podcast tomorrow, guys. Thanks for the shout out. Oh, Richard, that's what we do here, buddy. We love you. Richard is a big part of our show. Make sure you check out Richard Sands' work. He knows a shitload about audio, radio, the history of radio. And he's been nominated to go into the California Radio Hall of Fame or the San Francisco Hall of Fame. Wow, that's impressive. Radio. That's incredible. Yeah. You're like, you're like, he knows everything about radio. It's he like does. Uh, Don Cheadle's character in Boogie Nights where he works at the radio shop. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I hired you because he wanted to bring in some hot-ass ladies. <laughs> but he really annoys everybody because he loves country. <laughs> Why is it so weird that a black guy would love country? I guess, I don't know. That happens that all the time. such a weird joke. <laughs> God, funny. I love Boogie Nights, though. It's a fucking great movie, so... Don Cheadle could do no wrong, and, well, until recently, Paul Thomas Anderson could do no wrong, until Inherent Vice and a little bit of a Phantom Thread, to be honest with you. Sorry, it's kind of a buzzkill. Uh, congratulations to Richard Sands being nominated the Bay Area Radio Hall of Fame. Three cheers, Richard. He's a good guy. Check out his Sands report. If you email Richard, he'll send it to you. I get the Sands report every week at the Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Good times. I learned a lot about radio. There's still things going on, guys. Radio's not dead yet. Do not believe the press clippings. Deary. Yes, sir. I, wa I wanted to talk about who will dominate June. Now, you can't predict who will dominate June, 
So there's no guarantees. But we could look at players that are heating up and who might take that to another level. Especially if they're stinking up the joint. Like Francisco Lindor. I think it's time. I think we're on the brink there. He's got to break out at some point. He can't be this bad forever, right? <laughs> all, all year. He's going to be this bad forever. Oh. Is that true? <sighs> Guy's still batting under 200. I can't believe it. He's not. He's still four bases this year. So it's not god-awful, but it's not great. And I saw a tweet today about players that were going to turn the corner from our, again, I always reference Vlad Sedler because he's got that gut feeling. He knows it in his gut that good things are happening. And five guys that he mentioned who are going to go off in June, Jose Abreu, Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rendon, Mookie Betts, and Francisco Lindor. And as a bonus, Deary, Brandon Lau. Ooh, interesting. Brandon Lau. I, I mean, would all love those, to see that. All those other guys, I mean, Freddie Freeman's only batting like 230, but I think he has just as many walks as uh, strikeouts. I think he's got 12, 13 home runs. So it's been fine. He just needs to get that batting average going. Mookie Betts has been somewhat of a disappointment for for where a lot of people draft him. The RBIs haven't been there, but I imagine he's going to start heating up here soon. Yeah, and like, you know, back to Lindor, it's not like he isn't doing anything he hasn't done before. Like, he's got four stolen bases. He only had six last year in 60 games. He's got four home runs. He had eight in 60 games last year, 20. 23 runs, only 12 RBIs. That's something that's really frustrating. Now, I know he he bats near the top of the lineup, but, I mean, certainly the Mets over the last two, three weeks were having just a really, really difficult time scoring runs because of all the injuries they had. But he's not striking out. His bad has been down. He, he, he's hitting the ball, but he's just hitting it at people right now. But it's it's really weird. Like, I, I don't have any shares of Lindor. And it's like, what are you getting back if you try to trade him right now? It's almost like you need to try to stick it out and see if he starts to heat up here for the Mets. I consider him a trade target. And again, going back to the Turn 2 podcast that Matt and Paul were talking about, which is presented by RoughFanatic.com. I think the trade offer that they were discussing was Lindor for Nick Castellanos. Hmm. They were talking about outfielders, and Nick Castellanos is an outfielder who's had a (laughs) fucking great season. The guy's been on fire. He's killing it. This is the apex of what we always thought we could get as Tigers fans. Go Tigers. Right? Absolutely. He's hitting 360. His slugging's in the 600s. He's killing it. But I mean, this, this is something that we had always been hoping for with the Tigers. And what we saw when he went to the Cubs in, you know, a year and a half ago and had something like almost 60 doubles ended up in the season between the two leagues. And then last year, he was a real, real hot target at the start of the season, had an amazing first couple of weeks and then kind of slid off. But he's been able to put it together through the first two months here for the Reds. And shit, if somebody offered me Castellanos for Lindor, I would take that in a heartbeat. Really? If you had Lindor, you would go for Castellanos? I would, yes. So you... Obviously, it's a sell-high, buy-low scenario, right? Like, mm, Cassianos yeah. can't be this good forever. Lindor's got to start stinking in the other direction, which would be positive returns. But that's not guaranteed. I, hmm, that's interesting you say that, Deary. I'm kind of surprised. That's well, I mean, just, though. Yeah, I mean, just think about what you're going to get from Castellanos. We're talking 100 runs, 100 RBIs, and 30 home runs. You're not getting anything like that from Lindor. Sure, if Lindor could steal you 25 bags, then maybe that trade's a little more even, but... I mean, the way Nick's rolling right now, this guy has shown that he can bat. Like, he might bat 300 this year, and that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. Look at his last three years with the Tigers. He bat 285, 272, and 298 
that last year in 18 and then combined in 19 with the Cubbies and the Tigers. He had his best season yet where he had 100 runs, 73 RBIs, and batted 289. So, I mean, this guy is tracking towards really, really being a superstar in this league for a guy that's in his late 20s now. Oh, my. Jasper Springer says that he's thinking of moving Ty France for a relief pitcher and an outfielder. Uh, Ty France is back off the I.L., and he's hitting the ball fairly well again. He has not shown the power, and there could be a sapping of the power, which, frankly, might not have really ever been there in the first place. I don't consider him a power hitter by any means, but more of a classic, like, a hitter's hitter. You know, he's got the hit tool to an elite level, in my opinion, but he never had plus power. So if you're looking for somebody that can provide you more of that, and a Seattle team that is 500. They're not got awful. Everybody shits on the Mariners. I I mean, yeah, I've been talking them up how they're playing great ball, but they're also barely batting over 200 now. So you almost got to wonder. I mean, Ty France, he's going to bat clean up tonight for – for the uh, for the Mariners against the A's, so he's going to be yep. batting in the middle of that order. He's a guy who, you know, you talked about Mike, a guy who could possibly win the batting title this year. Had that short DL D, DL stint right as he's kind of started to slow down after a hot first month, but you just got to wonder where the runs are going to come from for the Mariners. Kelnick has not really lived up to what we thought it, he would be. I think he starts to heat up at some point this summer, but they just have been having a really, really hard time scoring runs. Mitch Hanniger has been really, really good. It's amazing that they're 500. It really, really is. Mind-blowing. It's incredible. Kudos to Scott Service and the Mariners for hanging tough. But Jasper, Ty France is somebody I'm not going to bail on. I had a trade proposal offered to me in private, which you guys are always welcome to do, at MJ Govier, G-O-V as in Victor, I-E-R on Twitter. You can contact me directly. We can talk about fantasy baseball together. The trade offer was this, Deary. I want to get your thoughts as well. Team A, this is OBP, head-to-head, Cats League, all right? Redraft, no keepers. Team A receives Max Muncy, Yimi Garcia, and Ty France. Team B receives Correa, Cedric Mullins, and Alec Manoa. Mm. Which side do you prefer? Muncie, Garcia, France, Correa, Mullins, Manoa. Ooh. You're getting a, clo- you're getting a closer here with Yimmy. He's been the closer here pretty much from the second or third week. I think he's got nine saves right now. He's, he's been pretty good for the Marlins. and the, I think the Marlins are going to stick in this really weird race in the NL East. So I think Yimmy's going to get towards 25 saves. Uh, Muncy's been really nice this year. He's he's put together a good average, which is not something that we expected from him. France just coming back from the DL. Mullins has been great. You know, Carlos Correa has been decent too. I think the wild card here is if Manoa can turn into a guy who really gives you some value over the next month and a half. I mean, this guy's obviously not going to pitch like 100 innings for, for um, he's not going to end up pitching 100 innings. Like that's not going to happen. So but he can give you some value here over the next two months. I think he's the wild card. I think I like Team B here. I think I like Mullins. We just talked about him at the top of the show and how you know you think he's the real deal here. Uh, he's really come to you know the apex of what we thought he could hopefully be, and he's been a steal for a lot of people. You know, Correa, if he stays healthy, you know what you're going to get from him. And I think you know, I think Manoa could be the wild card here. I I, I like Team B. Wow. Okay, there it is. I think. I told our mystery DMer that I would go with Team A. 
but I was really torn. I thought they was dead even. I couldn't give anybody a clear advantage. Max Muncy's great for OBP, so that gives him a bump. I think Emi Garcia is a reliable closer. He has been all year. And Ty France is rock solid. He's not going to be a power hitter, but he can provide you other stats. No steals either. And then Correa's Correa. He's in a free agent year. He's been decent and solid, but he hasn't been amazing. Cedric Mullins I like. And Alec Manoa is still growing after tonight's outing. And what we saw against the Yankees last week, we're currently in a pickle here. Is Manoa going to be elite this year? Or is he going to go through the growing pains that a lot of young pitchers go through, like Logan Gilbert did when he came up? But then Logan Gilbert had a nice start Monday against the A's going six innings. So it's it's a really tough trade. And I never want to give people bad advice, Deary. So I'd, I feel bad right. and I try to give them as much information about what I'm thinking about so that they can form their own opinion. Nine times out of ten, people are looking for somebody to just bounce the trade off of so they can get a conversation going about it and get out of their own head, right? Yeah, I mean... Look at Carlos Correa. He's on pace for 24 home runs, 100 runs, and 90 RBIs, betting 274. So that's not bad at all. No, I agree. I I, I have Carlos Correa in a few leagues, and uh, I've been satisfied. Not a world beater, but hey, it's good enough. Jasper Springer is chiming in on our live stream, which you can all do anytime you want. You can chime in on the live stream. I need Yelich to be good for me this year. <laughs> well, no shit, Jasper. Take a number. <laughs> We're all waiting on that one. I'm right there with you, my friend. I completely would love Yelich to be good for me. He has not. And he's actually one of the problems in the Battle of the Podcast League that has led to me being in 15th place. So I drafted him as one of my top pick, my guy. And that is not returned top pick value, has it, Deary? I don't, I don't understand. 34% K rate. Last year it was 30%. This guy was a career 21% K rate coming into this year. Just it doesn't make any sense. He's got one home run. Now, I know the injury issues have been killing him, but, man, I mean, people really were hoping for the bounce back after his MVP season. You know, he put up three really, really solid seasons there in Milwaukee, and now, now, now it's really frustrating, especially for those that drafted him in the first round. I have no shares of him. Um, I, you know, I, I think the back issues and, you know, the injuries are concerned. So I don't even know if I could go out and try to grab them right now. I am just so disappointed in so many players this year that I could go off at a rant for hours about it. I could talk about Christian Yelich and yeah, I talked about Nick Solak and even Ty France was a little bit of a disappointment to me, but there's so many more players like Blake Snell has been a disaster. Dylan Bundy. What a joke. Anthony Rendon. What a train wreck. There's endless amounts of people that are ruining my existence when it comes to <laughs> fantasy baseball. And I don't, ah, ah, play it. About a play nine it. on the tension scale, Rube. Play it. Play it. I'm sorry about that, everyone. I apologize. About a nine on the tension scale, Rube. Yeah, I know. I'm here, you, Bruce. Chill out. I'm ch- I'll take it down a notch, but I got it out of my system. Those are all my faults, and I take responsibility. I promise you this next year, though, Deary, and everybody out there listening or watching the live stream, next year is going to be a great year for me. I don't know if we're going to have a 2022 season because there's a CBA nightmare on the brink down the road here, but... I am going to learn from some of the mistakes I made this year. And I'm so excited for 2022. Is 2021 <laughs> done yet? I can't wait for 2022. We got three months left, man. No, I, yeah, there's a lot of title. Uh, in the tag team uh, satellite league created by Matty Davis, we're in second place right now. So. All right. Great. Great job. You and Mr. Thank Cross. Thank you. Utah. Yeah. Give me two. Me and Eric Cross hanging tough in the league created by Matty Davis, who's in last place with his partner. Sorry about that. Sounds That's like the not- Blazo Podcast League. <laughs> It does. If you create a league 
You'll be in last place if you created it and you run the podcast. But Maddie's doing really well in four other main events, so I'm not trying to shit. Maddie knows the stuff. Maddie Davis is a great guy. I love being in the tag team league. Thank you for that. Maddie. So it's been a lot of fun, and I've learned a lot from Maddie this year. We all have good teams and great teams, and sometimes things don't go our way. But I'm really excited about that tag team league. Second place, a couple months to go. All right. Uh, Jasper says, I think that's injury liners. In, I think that's, oh, lingers. Oh. T- you have a rough night typing tonight, Jasper. Hang in there. Lingering, I do the there. lingering. Do you have to, do you have to let it linger? Yes. There's a lingering issue with the wrist. That was the initial problem with France. It was a wrist inflammation. It wasn't necessarily a specific bone or a ligament as far as I know. So that's something to keep an eye on. Wrist issues will sap power. We all know that. But France didn't have a lot of power to deal with anyways. I'll move on from that. Tie France. I'm still in on you. Nick Solak, not so much. I'm really worried about you. As far as Return of the Mac, though, the players that are coming back to help you out, Mark Morrison's jamming the tunes as we talk about Joey Votto. He's going out on the rehab assignment, Deary. Can you believe it? Joey Votto back so quickly. I thought it'd be out a little bit longer with that thumb issue. Yeah, I wonder what this is going to do to uh, Mr. Stevenson over there in Cincinnati. He's been taking over first base the last couple weeks. Obviously, Tucker Barnhart's back and healthy and, and behind the backstop. Stevenson's been okay. You know, I've been playing him in a lot of leagues yeah. just because I didn't have him. He hasn't, he hasn't cashed been, in on the playing opportunity, in yeah, my opinion. He hasn't cashed in, which is going to make it tough when Votto comes back. I think Votto comes back, probably takes over first base right away, and Stevenson gets back to being relegated as a part-time player. And Moustakis' heel issue continues to be a problem for him, so that's good news for Stevenson's opportunity, but you're right. Stevenson was given finally here. It's like, hey, you're playing every day, and you're hitting in like the sweet part of the lineup that includes Nick Castellanos and a hot Jesse Winker, and it has not worked out in his favor. I mean, he has been terrible. The OBP leagues, he's been serviceable, but he's not shown one home run, I believe, in about 10 games of action here, so it's a little bit of a disappointment for somebody who was really excited about Tyler. Stevenson. God, Jesse Winker, man. I kept I kept Brandon Nimmo over Wink over Winker, and I really wish I, I went the other way with it. I, they seem they seem like the same type of player at the time. OBP league, they're both guys that were going to be able to get on base. Uh Nimmo started off pretty hot. Now he's been on the DL here for the last three weeks. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. We've all done it, Ernie. We understand. Seth Lugo's back, guys. I was creeping up on this and trying to keep a low profile because I wanted to snag him in my own leagues. But Seth Lugo's back, and he threw an inning today. He looked good. He's not going to be a starter. He's not going to be a closer. But he's going to be a guy who will provide you multi-innings, like three-inning outings, with great ratios. I expect great ratios. So if you're looking for somebody to ease the tension on your whip and your ERA, and the K-9 should be good, too. He strikes guys out. He's not going to be Diaz level, but he's definitely more than a you know a 10K per nine pitcher, isn't he? Uh, you disagree. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I mean, he's going to get that spot start every once in a while. I like him being the swing man. If he's if you're in like a holds league, he's a guy who's going to be able to do that. Yeah, Caper Nine is going to be there. I I had to bring up his his stats here. Over the last two <laughs> years, it's been right right at about eleven and a half in eighty innings and nineteen and thirty six innings last year. So sorry about the delay on that. <laughs> Spin it. Spin it. <laughs> Seth Lugo is fun. Pick him up. He'll provide value for you. Uh, he's not going to be a world beater, but he will be someone that you can put in your lineup and should provide good ratios. Uh, Luis Severino, he's going out on a rehab assignment. It's time to get out there. Fire this thing up. I think we can expect him before the All-Star break. Maybe, I mean, late June. Is that too crazy? It's going to take him, what, four starts maybe? 
What do you think? Four rehab starts. Yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. I'd say late June, right around uh, you know Fourth of July here. The Yankees certainly need him. I mean, they had to start Michael King the other day. Uh, you know, Kluber's <laughs> on the DL, and King. Yankees are in, Yankees are in a dogfight in the East right now. I mean, the, the Rays have been on fire. Blue Jays just keep hammering the ball, and the Red Sox are still kind of you know near the top of the the East there because of the great start that they had. So we could see a situation if the Yankees don't get it together especially if they don't start hitting well and get some good back-end pitching to help out Garrett Cole. This team could end up finishing fourth in the division. So Severino's been a hot guy yep. the last couple couple weeks now that people see that he's going to be going out and doing his rehab start. So if he is available, certainly go out there and take a flyer. This guy proved a couple of years ago that he could be a real nice fantasy asset. Doi, think much it's an obvious selection. There's no doubt about it. I don't think it's crazy to think Severino could be a big boost to your second half season run. Severino. Yankees. It's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, Sixto Sanchez got shut down a bit, so I don't know if we can expect a return of the Mac from Sixto anytime soon. Uh, things didn't go his way, so if you're looking for him to make a debut for the All-Star break, that could be highly unlikely now. And J.D. Davis had another setback as he tried to start rehabbing again, so just give up. I, I give up. I dropped him last week in most leagues after I held on, expecting him to come back the previous league, but then he had another flare-up of a side issue, so... I'm out on Davis for now until I, I need to see him officially playing for the New York Mets. Otherwise, I'm done. Did the trainer for the Yankees like cross town and go to the Mets? Because they're just trading <laughs> injuries this year. The Mets are just got off. I, I mean, James McCann has been betting third or fourth for the Mets the last couple uh, weeks here. Hey, the Mets always have. That's a funny bit. The Yankees have struggled with injuries, but the Mets have always Mets. I mean, Matt Harvey, all the injuries with pitchers. It's been going back for many, many years. You want the Mets to change? I don't think that's going to happen. And you want me to change? Fuck you! That's the uh, that's Steve Cohen, owner of the Mets. Jasper Springer says, I like Mullins. We all love Mullins. He's a lot of fun. He grabbed Logan Gilbert off his free agent wire Sunday night. Good for you! Way to go, Jasper! Logan Gilbert! I hope you started him when you grabbed him because Monday's effort against the A's finally delivered on some of the, you know, the oozing potential we've been expecting from Mr. Gilbert. So I think you're going to see ups and downs especially with these types of pitchers. Manoa, Gilbert, uh, any young stud that gets the opportunity to start, it's not going to be flawless, right, Jerry? This is the natural progression of a young pitcher learning the ropes to be an MLB everydayer. Look at Casey Mize the first three weeks of April and then look at his yeah. last four starts. He's been amazing. Exactly. And even Scoobles turned it on now, too. Yeah, Both those guys. Yeah. They, they, oh, it's, it's been really fun, actually, like, don't even watch the Tigers hit, although they've been hitting pretty well <laughs> lately. Like, just watch when Turnbull's pitching, because guess what? He had another really good start the other day. Scooble, he's been giving, giving up two, three runs a game his last couple starts, but he's striking guys out, which is really encouraging. And Casey Mize has looked electric. So Tigers start, start are starting to get something going here with this young pitching staff. Hopefully we see Matt Manning at some point this season. He's not looking so great here in uh, AAA right now, but uh, Tigers got something going with these young pitchers. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. You're damn right. You call on the Palazzo Podcast, we deliver the goods. Two L's, two Z's. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. MJ Govier, G-O-V is in Victor. I-E-R on Twitter. C. Deary, 1999. Deary as in dearly beloved, not the hoofed antlered animal that crashes into your car like an asshole. Uh, anybody else coming back real quick on the Mac here that we haven't covered? Because I'm trying to get people ahead of the curve. I want to mm. make sure that we're not leaving anything off the books because sometimes I finish a show and I'm like, shit, I forgot to mention that guy. He's on the mend, but he might not be back today. But we want to give you guys the info that's actionable that you can use in the coming weeks. 
Uh, how about AJ Pollock? AJ Pollock should be oh. able to, uh, he should be activated maybe if not this weekend, next weekend. I'm just going to do a couple uh, stints in the minor leagues here. Pollock was really, really good to start the season. Uh, the, the Dodgers have dealt with some injuries. Uh, so he's a guy that I just scooped up in a couple leagues who is, who is healthy, who can win healthy. He could really provide you some pop. Um, and in that lineup, you know, have a really good op- RBI opportunity. So it was a real cheap pickup for me. And as soon as he's healthy and getting starts, I think he's going to be playing every day for my lineup. Good call. Good call. George Springer's a running the bases, too. So he's going to be getting back eventually. But he's always a disaster. I don't have Springer on a single team. Nope. Well, there's well, there's one. Sorry, I did draft him in one draft and hold. My bad. But otherwise, it's just too complicated with him. You never know what you can get. And Chris Sales throwing sliders. That's good news. So if you're trying to stash guys like Springer, Sale, uh, even Kevin Biggio, somebody DM me today about, hey, should I stash Kevin Biggio? And I'm like, yeah, if you got a spot and some of your injuries opened up, sure, it's worth a shot, right? Yeah, for sure. Michael Brantley also be coming back next week. So if you're looking for batting average specifically, Michael Brantley is a guy who will bat 300 for you. Ah, yes. Well done. Well done. Okay. There you go. Uh, by the way, Mitch Garver was having a nice May, but the party's over. He's going to be out for a while. So sorry, Mitch Garver. It was a nice little run. And so was Rob Refsnyder, who's actually playing – with a nice batting average. I know it's yeah. a silly name. It's a weird name, right? Rob Refsnyder. That's how you say it, I think. Rob Refsnyder. He had a nice batting average, but he's bye-bye. Concussion protocol. See ya. Bye-bye. So the chaos never ends. The injuries will never end. Of course, Kyle Lewis ruined everyone's life because he tore his knee up again. So he's bye-bye. See ya. That was a good run as well. And the hits just keep on coming, just like my pal Tom Cruise. Said. And the hits just keep on coming. All right. So there it is. Uh, keep up to date. Stay vigilant. You guys know the drill by now. It's already June. And by the way, if you're curious who, Deary, did you know who the players of the month were for June over the last couple of years? No, I don't. Would you like to share them with myself and the audience? Well, it just so happens I have that information handy. It turns wow. out. Yeah. You brought out an Encyclopedia Britannica? <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody has their moment, Deary. But did you know that Charlie Blackman? was the player of the month in June of 2019, the last full season we had. Where does he play? Still plays at our lovely, gorgeous place that I have worked at in person. Coors. Coors Field. Love it. And the other guy was DJ LeMayhew. He was player of the month, who also was playing. Coors. So... Wait, in 2019? No, he was in the AL. Oh, shit, I got it wrong. Yeah, that was his first year of the Yankees. Never okay. mind. Disregard that course. Eliminate that course from the broadcast. But yeah, so it was two, uh, those two guys. And then 2018, it was Paul Goldschmidt and Alex Bregman. They had Ooh. hot Junes. Okay. And one more year back, it was Andrew McCutcheon in the NL and Aaron Judge in the AL during that okay. amazing year. 2017. Yeah, the 2017 where he dominated. So... I don't know if that's actionable information or not, but it's something you can stew on, take a look at. DJ Lemieux, Lemayhu needs to get better, so I wouldn't be surprised if he turns it on this month and gets, you know, gets shit rolling. Right? Is it over for Charlie Blackman? He's been atrocious this year. Is it over? <laughs> I think a lot of people just forget about him if he's not doing anything. If he's not annoyingly wiggling his way into your lineup because he's so good, even though you don't think he's that good. Otherwise, he's not doing shit. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not expecting much. He's definitely got to be traded. So they're probably hoping that he'll tear it up so they can move him because 
There's no need for a 35-year-old dude on this Rockies team to just be wasting roster space. They're they're a total mess. 250. I can't believe he's only hit three home runs, too. That's that's shocking. Because he yeah. still he could still hit home runs. He still has pop. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's disappointing. But I will tell you what's not disappointing. Eliezer Hernandez could also be on the hill as soon as next week, I believe, right? So that's a good call, Jasper. Oh, no, Derek Brothers up. Shit. Derek Schaefer. We got so many uh, commenters and listeners. I'm going crazy in my head. Derek Schaefer, thanks for bringing this up, buddy. Eliezer Hernandez is a great play. Definitely, mm-hmm. if you don't have him, I've had him stashed in about four, I think four IL spots in four different teams. So <laughs> I'm waiting. I think he's not as good as Pablo or Sandy Alcantara. I don't think that's the case, but I do believe he's definitely a rosterable guy in 15 teams and 12 teams and borderline 10 teams, depending. Yeah, and the Marlins seem to get something going with these pitchers. We've seen it with Trevor Rogers. We saw it with Sandy last year. Uh, you know, Pablo Lopez has had flashes being really good. Lisa Hernandez is a guy who I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to strike some guys out. Uh, he doesn't walk people at all. So we've only seen two innings from him so far this season, but he could be a real sneaky pickup and give you some value here moving forward as we head into June. Yeah, that's a great call. I'm glad we brought him up. He's on the mend, and the return of the Mac is happening in real time. Thank you, Derek Schaefer. If you're new to the show, like Derek, or like everybody was at least once upon a time before they became show regulars like Jasper Springer and Chaz and Brian K. Rodgman, hit us up on the YouTube channel. Sub us. We're nine subscribers away from 100. Let's get to 100. We can do it, dearie. I know we can do it. Oh, we're not Thank there you. yet. Come on. Come on, fam. Make it happen. Nine subs away. Of course, you can follow the show. Plaza Podcast, 2L2Z. Follow CD1999 and MJ Govier, GOVs, and Victor IER on Twitter, of course. That's what we do it. Now, before we get to the best game show in the world, make sure you go to rotofanatic.com because this show is presented by rotofanatic.com. This weekend, we give you schedule factors, which is the coming week, and the park factors mixed into the schedule for each team. Closing remarks. Brought to you by Mr. Dr. Mike Carter, one of the best in the game when it comes to bullpen business. He's great. Seriously. All 30 bullpens covered in detail, and he takes questions, answers them in the article. And lastly, but certainly not least, Dave Funnels, infirmary report. In the year of the injury in 2021, you need a guy like Dave and his article at rotofanatic.com to fill you in on all 30 teams' injury situations. It's not just the latest injuries. It also has the past injuries or the current ones that are on the mend and a timetable for returns depending on the player. It's great stuff. All that stuff is great. Really proud of the work we're starting to do at rotofanatic.com. We're taking it up another notch, and that's why we're proud to be sponsored and represented by rotofanatic.com. Woo! When I first moved here, I blew Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> All right, now it's, it's time to get to name that runner fab bit. All right, dearie, we're getting good at this game. I really feel like I'm starting to get a knack for it. Dearie, take us into the first round of name that runner up fab bit. All right, we'll go to the third greatest. Armenian American of all time, beside behind uh, my good buddy Derek Ornikian and obviously Kev Malsergian. Sure. Go with James Caprellian. Winning bid this past week seventy five dollars. Mm. What was the runner up fab did bid, Michael? Did seventy five? I'm gonna say it was uh, fifty two. Wrong. Twenty nine. Ah, oh, not even close. You're right. That was not even close. But I did feel like that would be true. But just when you think you got fab bits figured out, fam, we go in a completely different direction. 
I go back to my main event league for this next fab bid. I love checking out what the main event has to offer. A main event will change your life for the better. Even if it doesn't go your way, you will learn a lot about pickups, lineups, drafting. There's so much to learn. And even though I'm in 12th place, uh, I'm still learning a lot from it and trying to take the positive approach here, dear. Having said that, we had a fab bid for James McCann. Catcher of the New York Mets. He went for $52. Gary, name oh. that runner-up fab bit of $52 for James McCann. I saw he had a pretty good day today. He had a home run. I think he had a couple RBIs. James McCann. We just talked about him betting in the middle of the Mets lineup. I like how I vamp when I sit here and talk about this. Um, <laughs> that's what you do. That's how. That's a professional move. 52? Was the, the 52 bid? for James McCann. 26. Oh, shit! Fucking amazing. Damn! 28. That's really God, good, dearie. So close. That's really good. Well done. Oh. That's a, to me, that's basically a win. But, you know, I don't I don't judge. We're not the judges here. We're just the players. All right, give me another one, dearie. All right. Biggest bid of the week for our buddy Alec Manoa of the Blue Jays. Oh, boy. We got a triple-digit bid here, folks. 223 was the winning bid. What was the runner-up bid? 222? I'll give you another shot. Oh, okay. 222? Uh, I thought maybe it'd be that close. Uh, how about 152? A little closer. 174 was the runner-up bid. Okay. Interesting. Not too bad. That's not how I look at fans. So that, that's so fascinating <laughs> how people... I'm not going to give away my strategy, which is incredible, but it's a curious <laughs> thing. There is an idea and a concept of how I look at fab bids, and that mm-hmm. is not how I would look at that one, so I'm surprised. But we all know that a lot of people broke the bank. Uh, Paul Spore tweeted out about all the main event leagues that Manoa went in. He went in every single league, and he went for like a shitload of money in all yeah. of them. So not surprising. But then what did he do tonight, Deary? Did it go well? Well, exactly. But that's the game. One minute, you're dominating the Yankees, who then get swept by the Tigers. The next, you're taking on the Marlins, and uh, you're learning a little bit about reality. I mean, he wasn't terrible tonight, so I don't want to totally shit on him. But he got a reality check of, hey, you're in the bigs now. Meat. He gave up four in runs, three walks, struck out five in three and a third. It was not a great outing, but three home runs, too. And that's over in Buffalo now where the Jays play their home game, so keep that in mind. How many innings did he go? You say only three Three and a third. Three and a third. Strikeout five. Yeah, those strikeouts are there. He just gave yeah, up three bombs. Like that. That, you know, if we look at the tape later, there could be mistake pitches, and you can't take them back once they happen. So there's nothing you can do about that. Though. Okay. Derek Schaefer says that park is a bozo box, though. Uh, yeah, someone's been following my Twitter feed. Thank you, Derek. That is damn right. That's Bozo Field over there in <laughs> Buffalo. I love it, man. It, it's fun. Yeah, it's weird. It's Bozo Fest. All right, here's my next runner-up bad bid. I'm going to give you... J.P. Fireisen? Fireisen? Yeah, I, I haven't heard the name yet. He was also bid in my league. I was going to bring him up, but I have no idea how to say his last name because I haven't heard it yet. Neither have I. This is my first time saying it. It looks like Fireisen. So I'm going to go with J.P. Fireisen. How much was he bid for after a $52 bid was made? $17. Not bad. But still, within five, you're doing really yeah. good work, in my opinion. $22. Great job, Deary. Great job. Let's do one Seven, more round. We'll shut down se- this book. 17 was the winning bid in my league. 
Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. 52. You never... It's so weird. Yeah, I know. It's going to get even weirder with this one. How about Rafael Montero of the Mariners? A couple saves in the last week. He went for $77. What's the runner-up bid? 77 for the Seattle kind of closer right now. Is Graveman still on the COVID list? He was as of a couple days ago. I got to check that. But I'm going to say, boy, uh, I'm going to go 52. Yeah, this one was really weird. 16 was the runner-up bid. Wow. Yeah. No, I'd... Not my best effort today, but hey, let's see how Deary closes out. He's been doing really well in tonight's Name That Runner-Up Bad Bid segment. Let me give you uh, something of use. Uh, we already did that. Uh, oh. Tristan McKenzie. Tristan mm. McKenzie of Cleveland, who did strike out, I think he struck out uh, 10 in his last outing on Monday, but he got kind of shelled, but the strikeouts mm-hmm. were there against uh, his team he was playing called the White Sox. Tristan McKenzie, $15. What was that runner-up bad bid for a $15 Tristan McKenzie? I got a 1 in 14 chance here. You do. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Six. Oh, boy. That is a fine guess. But this time, you are so close. But it's four. Oh god, that still was, great oh, that's, though. Oh, that's way off, man. Oh, four and six. Come on, that, that's yeah, tough. but I got another wrong. There's that. only 14 numbers to choose from. Yeah, I'm still giving you credit, so just accept it. Derek Schaefer says Graveman is still in COVID timeout for refusing to get vaccinated. Is that what's going on with him? You dumb uh... fuck. Just get the fucking thing. So if I could, <laughs> if I was not playing baseball because I wasn't vaccinated, I would just feel like an asshole. I mean, yeah. there's a time and place for debates, but that's just not the way to do it, man. Come on, Kendall, pull your head out of your ass. Good God. I mean, what do you got? What do you got? You got... What do you got? Shit in your ears? Come on! There it is. I was trying to get that button. All right. I want to bring up this trade proposal real quick, Deary. And this is going to impact everybody because Marcelo Zuna had a nightmare weekend. Didn't go very well. Him and his <laughs> girlfriend? Are they married? I, I don't... I just know there's a previous example of domestic violence between them. This is not the first time it's happened, unfortunately. So he's he was already injured, too. He was on the IL. If you were offered this trade in a keeper league, would you do it? Marcelo Zuna and Jonathan VR, who's a throw-in, for Lou Trevino, the reliever of Oakland. That's it? That's the deal. Ozuna and VR. We're talking, is it a keeper? This isn't a redraft? This is keeper league. That's what makes this interesting. Huh. It's interesting. Um, Jesus. I mean, we, we have no idea what's going to happen with Ozuna. I mean, he might not play baseball again. Who knows if he ends up, you know, coming back and finding a team to go to after the Braves release him, because that's probably going to happen. What you just said. No, you're right. That's why I'm bringing this up. Like, you have a keeper I, I don't situation. think I would. I, I don't think I would want the headache of having him on my team and having to sit here and wait to figure out what's going to happen. Lou Trevino, uh, not really the closer. He had a save a few days ago, but he's not been the closer for the Oakland Athletics for a top coming into draft season, a top fifty player, yeah. and Jonathan VR for the hell of it. So that's why I brought it up. I wonder what you guys out there would think, because this is what I thought about it as well, dear. I just don't think I can do it. There's too many no. injured players. The I, he'll take up an IL spot, so that's yeah. a problem. And then 
if he doesn't play next year, if he gets suspended, if he could sit out a whole season, a half a season, we've yeah. seen it with uh, Osuna. How long did he sit out? Remember that whole episode, the former Astros closer? Oh, shit, yeah. He missed a ton of time, but he eventually came back to play. This is also something that is building in momentum in terms of that domestic violence. Baseball has a lot of problems. MLB makes a lot of mistakes, but they seem to kind of throw the hammer down on these types of deals, which I commend. I mean, it, they're not a perfect uh, organization by any means. I'm no police officer or lawyer, Neither, but it, yeah. it, it doesn't sound good. And it sounds like there's there's some witnesses and possibly video. So that, that that's not, you know. Good for Mr. Osuna. I, I can't live saw with it. the cops literally saw some. Yeah, of that too, I, so. I I can't live with having him on my team. Not just for the fact that you know he made a huge mistake and you know uh, you know misdemeanor battery on his on his wife girlfriend or that no it's it's felony isn't it? It's felony. Yeah. I think. yeah. Oh God, yeah. It was a twenty thousand dollar bond. Yeah, it was a big deal. So, but all that sucks. Obviously, we're against all that. It's fucking terrible. But if you're building your team, if you're having a team that's kind of not going anywhere this year. You're like, yeah, hey, I'll throw Azuna on my roster for the hell of it. I still think it's a big risk, and I'm not going to do this trade. I think I'm going to turn this one down. This is a real trade I've been offered, so that's why I brought it up. I think he probably ends up getting dropped by most dynasty dynasty teams, maybe. But one of the keys to, I think, being a quality manager is seeing the big picture, seeing down the road, which we don't always do well. Mistakes have been made, but have also made good decisions at other times. And if Ozuna is going to be a guy that's got a four-year deal, by the way, so he's definitely locked yeah. in with the Braves for three more seasons. They could release him, though. We don't I, don't think the they, I've got, I don't think they will. That, that would seem insane after the money that they're giving him. Okay, well, that's good. I wonder what you guys think. You know, let us know. PlausalPodcastProtonMail.com. DM us if you have any further thoughts about trading for or getting rid of Marcelo Ozuna. It just looks like uh, uh, tough times for that guy, and, you know, I think maybe best case scenario, you, you see him like next July. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And you have, it depends on your roster formation, how many spots you get, how many keepers do you have, how many IL spots do you have. All of these things could determine a possible trade for your team. So think about it from your own context, not just from mine. We have three IL spots. Those are filled. I have Mike Trout, Jeff McNeil, Kenta Maeda. Three? Yes. 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 Oh my God, I'm sorry. It was just a week ago where Deer was going off about the IL spots in his other league. So I'm, I'm not playing with anything less than eight moving forward next year. Uh, even though this is like the year of the injury. No? What's that? Oh, you asked me a question? I'm sorry. Yes, even though this <laughs> is the year of the injury. <laughs> like this is a. What? Weird. Injuries are just going to go down next year? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, a little bit, but there's still going to be a fucking shit ton of injuries. There's a shit ton of well, injuries there, there, every year. Right. There will always be injuries. Yeah. But this exactly. is a weird year. This is a anomaly. It probably the uh, most, Jasp- yeah. most we'll ever see. I think so. Uh, Derek Rhodes does great work on Twitter. Follow D Rhodes on Twitter. He's got graphs. He's showing you that the strains are up. The amount of leg injuries being labeled are up. Like he's yeah, proving the information. So that's the one right there. If you want somebody who knows what he's talking about on this stuff, Derek Rhodes is great. And I strongly recommend that we all be following him at the same time. Jasper wants to know if uh, Tyler Stevenson is a good future catcher. And we talked about Tyler earlier. So, yes, we both like him, right? 
We're just yeah, I agree. I think I think Tucker Barnhart's on the last year of his deal, so catcher could possibly open up next year. Joey Votto might be retiring, so I think <gasps> Stevenson's probably going to be a long-term fit somewhere in the lineup with the Reds. Yes, we love Stevenson. He has a ton of talent. That bat is for real. Even though he hasn't popped any bombs recently, like we said earlier in the show, definitely pro Stevenson if you're looking for a catcher on the future. I also like Francisco Mejia. He's he's looking pretty decent, even though Mike Zanino mixes his yeah. bozo bat in there. And well-deserved. He's cranking bombs. But I still think that Mejia's got a future with the Rays. And we always know, though, the Rays are going to raise, so that kind of ruins things. But as far as young catchers, uh, Carson Kelly's oh, another one. If you want to acquire him, might be worth it. He's still got a 4-3-1 OBP. It's not bad. I like that. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the main segment here finally, and we'll close out the show. I want to talk about this. This is big. Inning pitch concerns. Now, I want to take a moment, because we never really covered this, theory. When Mike Schild went off because Giovanni Gallegos got called out, by Joe West and the Umps in that game for shit oh, for on his hat. hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, Mike Shield went off, and he was direct <laughs> about how pissed he was and how this was a problem league-wide. He uncorked the real truth that has been held in by the, I don't know, the unwritten rules of baseball. And even yeah. the rules of baseball, everyone's just going along with this. We all know that there's articles out there about it. It's called bug juice uh, sunscreen mixed yeah. with other things that are giving an improved grip and improving spin rates, whether it's Trevor Bauer or Garrett Cole or Giovanni Gallegos. Everybody's doing it. So if Mike Shields calling out baseball and then Josh Donaldson says, hey, I've got the video that's going to be released and I'll expose all you motherfuckers, what he said last week on Twitter because he's a red ass. Where do we stand here? Are you concerned that this could change the game going forward? I want to keep it hush-hush, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want yeah. to know about this. We don't need this negative, you know, this negative publicity towards the game, especially going into next year when we're gonna, when we're going to possibly have a lockout here. Um <laughs> I, mean, I completely I mean, agree with you. This this has been going. I mean, it's been going on for years. I mean, we all remember the run that Kenny Rogers had with the Tigers with the pine tar. That shit was all over his hand. Um, certainly, pitchers don't need any extra, you know, juice or bug juice, whatever they're putting out, lean, whatever they're putting on themselves <laughs> on their hands or whatever. Lean. But uh, but you know, they're just sitting here fighting against each other. Josh Donaldson, you're probably like. You, you want to release a video? I mean, shit, maybe Jose Barrios is doing the same when he's throwing his slider. Like, come on now. Like, uh, I mean, if they're going to really investigate it, sure, get 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 some people to investigate this and see how you can crack down on it. But this is shit. This shit's been going on forever, man. It's kind of just like the secret, you know, underlying underworld of, of, of the game of baseball and, and how you can, you know, it, it's gamesmanship. I wouldn't never call it cheating. I would call it gamesmanship. How can you get a leg up on that team against you? And right now it's the juice, it's the bug juice. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm just kind of like, Hey, let the game be where it is. And let's just enjoy what we got here. I know pitchers are dominating. So we do need a turn of events here, but I kind of was bummed about that, but it doesn't really matter what I think. What I'm concerned about here is, are we going to see a change in the game? So some of these pitchers are going to lose their spin rates because there's going to be a crackdown. Whether it's on the surface or underneath the game, like behind closed doors in clubhouses, MLB sending their minions around to each clubhouse saying, well, this is it. We're not doing this anymore. And if you do do it, we're going to start busting you. It's still going to happen. What are they going to do every single inning? They're going to go out and like inspect the pitcher, like like in the damn naked gun when he finds <laughs> he finds all this all this stuff in uh, like Mike Witt's uh, hat. Like, come on, damn! man! 
Like you're not going to be able to regulate this. They're always going to find ways to get a leg up. Uh, Derek says, exactly. Deary is spot on about the bug juice. Plus hitters don't complain, seeing as though it gives the pitchers better control. Exactly. That was the whole point of the original article that I referenced. The Tom, uh, was it Verducci? Is that his name? Yeah. Am I saying it wrong? It sounds weird for some reason. Tom Verducci. Verducci. Tom Verducci. Yeah, the Tom Verducci article came out like three or four years ago mm-hmm. talking about exactly what Derek and you are referencing. That the hitters were cool with it because they don't want to get hit in the head <laughs> or be blinded. Worse, you know, some crazy shit that would happen back in the day. Like, uh, what was his face? Mickey Cochran? Remember? He can get hit in the head. The former Tigers catcher way back yeah. in the day. Yeah, shit like, like that used to happen. 80, no 80 90 years ago, we're talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking That's the game back. I'm just trying to make ago. a point. That was a long way to go for a point. I admit that. However, I was thinking, if this is a real situation now, should I trade Garrett Cole? Will Garrett Cole not be as good if he can't have the exact spin rates he wants on his pitches and the control? And not only the spin rate would be reduced, but the fact that mentally and physically it might alter some of their perspectives on what they're doing. You know, confidence is king. And if you lose something, you can't use it anymore. Confidence could go out the window. Is that crazy? Nothing's going to happen. Okay. Nothing that you, you got to get caught, man. There's always going to be ways to hide, hide that, uh, hide that juice, hide that residue, <laughs> hide whatever you need to do to get a leg up. Right. Oh, here we go. Perfect. Always know if the juice is worth the squeeze. Exactly. Although I kind of wish we had a, I like, you like the juice. That would be more appropriate for this, but damn it. It's another one I got to write down. Jasper says no dice on that Trevino deal, by the way. Ozuna is done. In my opinion, jail time, maybe. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Having said that, I'm worried about this reformation that could happen behind closed doors. Something to think about here. Just remember I brought this up, guys. I'm not saying I know anything because I clearly don't. I'm just a guy in his house in Livonia, Michigan. But I'm concerned that if they start to crack down on substances for pitchers, it could change a lot of outcomes for fantasy players that you rely on. But beyond that, innings pitch concerns are much more tangible something that we can literally look at and know and make judgments about who we need to move so i've had a few pictures in mind that i want to talk about and i want to get deary's opinion and you guys can comment as well here on the live stream of the hey it's rico palazzo fantasy baseball podcast which is brought to you by rotofanatic.com corbin burns are we worried that an innings pitch limitation could start to reduce his output deary would you trade him I would not because he's. it's not like he's going to be upwards to 200 innings. He's on pace for about 160 innings this year, which seems to be kind of on par where I thought he would end up being at the start of the season. So hmm. the Brewers are going to be in the race, so they're certainly going to need him. It's not like they're going to be shutting him down. Maybe near when you get closer to the end of the season, he's only going like five, six innings, which actually are going to really help out your ratios. If you're not playing in a wins league, let's say you're just playing like K per nine, um, you know, whip era stuff like that i think that could really help you out so just kind of looking at where he's he's at now i don't think he's going to get past that threshold where maybe they shut him down now he hasn't gone over 60 innings in the major leagues 52 uh this year uh 59 last year in 12 starts he's at nine starts right now 52 so he's on pace for for right about one 160 right now genius 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 that's the concern. I'd never seen him go this far. Could we assume that they're <laughs> going to let him go? Even if they have playoff aspirations. I mean, the Brewers are in the mix. I don't, I'm not expecting them to make the playoffs. I don't think they're that good because their offense is terrible. Their offense is garbage. But they're 
not me. They are a major league organization that has, you know, the goals of making the playoffs. They're 29 and 26 right now. So I just want us to get ahead of this. And I really think this is an issue and I don't hear a lot of talk about it right now, or maybe I'm not listening. I don't know. It's very possible that someone's brought this up on other shows and I can't listen to every show and watch every show. But Corbin Burns has never had that type of innings. Deary, I guess I want to ask you, why do you think that he would go 160 if he's never really done that before? Do you think they would let that happen, just like a new career high? I I mean, I really have no idea. Like, I'm not Corbin Burns. I don't work for the Brewers, so I have no idea what they're going to do with them. Certainly, if the Brewers start to fall apart, I mean, this guy's only 26 years old. He's still got two options left in his contract. He's making (laughs) $600,000 right now. I mean, there's there's two th- ways of thinking about this. Is this where, okay, let's try to run him dry because in a couple of years, we're not going to be able to afford this guy if he turns into a Garrett Cole when he's a free agent at 29? Or do we try to keep this guy, you know, under wraps and, you know, have him take a couple seasons towards he toward a couple seasons until he builds towards 180, 190 innings, uh, you know, because he's going to be the gem of our, uh, you know, rotation over the next few years with Woodruff. So, I mean, it's it's really tough to figure out what we're going to do. I mean, we, we talked about this preseason when we talked about, you know, innings pitched and we thought a lot of them were going to be down. And then we're like, who knows? Maybe there'll be a bunch of guys that go over 200. We Like, you really don't know. But I know what you're saying, Mike. You want to get ahead of the game and try to give some good advice on this. But it's just really, really hard to judge. It's definitely hard to judge. I understand that completely. I thought you were cool, man. And he is cool. Shut up. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But I want you guys to be clear on this. Going back to last full season, 2019, the Brewers, who, what was the number of the pitcher that had the most innings pitched? Ballpark. What do you think? In 2019. With the Brewers? Yeah. What The pitcher who led them in innings pitched, rough guess. How many innings do you think it was? 145. Not bad. 159. That was by Zach Davies, who okay. now pitches for the Central Division rival Cubs, oddly okay. enough. So he had 159. Next closest was Chase Anderson at 139. Brandon Woodruff, 121. Adrian Hauser, 111. Those were the top four. Only four pitchers actually cracked 100 innings pitch for the Brewers in 2019. Again, I'm using this because it was the last full season to go off of. So I I look at that and I'm like, boy, well, that's, that's not a lot of innings. You know, I know that none of the Brandon Woodruff was still learning and we're comparing pitchers who are not the same pitchers. But I'm just trying to give us a gauge here of where we could be and what the Brewers might be thinking based on past data. So that's Wood, why I'm Wood, doing Woodruff that. in 19 is actually a pretty good comp because he was 26 years old at the time, like Corbin Burns is right now. Mm. Uh, and Woodruff, Woodruff was pretty decent. I don't remember if he was getting starts from, from the get-go. He started 22 games that season. 121 innings, 3.62 ERA, had pretty good K per nine. He had, he had a really nice season. So that might be the comp right there. And you said 145 was the highest by Daisy, Davies? 159, yeah. 159, okay. Yeah, so that take that for what it's worth and consider okay. that. That's a, You're right, that is a good comp, though. I agree with you there with Woodruff and Corbin Burns kind of following a similar trajectory. What about Rodon, Carlos Rodon? Amazing. He's been incredible, an incredible pitcher this year. It. I mean, the doubles, yes, three cheers for that guy. It's so great to see because I loved him and I love that slider. He's got double-digit strikeout games galore. It's a lot of fun to watch. But you know this guy's never had a season where he's had, he's had two seasons where he was healthy enough to crack triple digits. 
And that's it. And those were a couple years ago. So mm-hmm. we're far removed from that. 2018, 120 innings. 2016, 165 innings. But 2016 is six years ago now. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So th- this is the cause for concern with, with him. Uh, I want to get to the comments real quick. Jasper says, I like the Reds if they could get better pitching. I agree. The Reds pitching has ruined them without a doubt, especially Luis Castillo, who actually could be a guy that I'm not worried about innings pitched, oddly enough. Uh, and he also says, thought of getting Sims at relief pitcher. Sims is a great call. I, like I picked Sims. up. Yeah, mm-hmm. you like Sims too? Okay, good. There you go. That's two for Sims right there because I picked him up two weeks ago coming off that weekend where he got shelled on a Thursday, Friday. It was like two weeks ago. He got shelled. And a lot of people dropped Sims. And then he had two saves last week. So who the closer is for them? Who the hell knows? But Sims is definitely one of the guys they're going to go to. Derek says, Burns seems like he'll be okay. I mainly only worry about Dodgers pitchers. (laughs) Uria seems like a clear candidate to be shut down early in order to be used for the playoffs. That I completely... Yeah. agree with that yeah yep yeah you, you can bank that you won't see him very much in august probably probably gets moved to the bullpen and just goes three four innings a week this is a good point that matt williams brings up preseason the brewers said they wanted their starting pitching to throw roughly 100 innings more than last season that's true i remember that so that would put him at 160 that would put 152 for burns okay matt guesses 165 to 170 shit okay well then thank you matt yeah, that's a really good point. And Jasper says, true, quite a few guys being innings limited. Yes, there's a lot of them. And Rodon's another one. I, I would would you trade Rodon now in a redraft league or maybe in the next two weeks? I think I'm trading him in a dynasty league, maybe not a redraft. Really? It's going to be interesting to see. He's on. He's just on a one-year deal with uh, the White Sox. Like He could end up making a real nice pretty penny in the offseason. He's 28 years old now. And he's put mm-hmm. together an amazing season. I think the 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 White Sox are probably just going to run that arm dry, you know, and try to get them a World Series this year. <laughs> well, they're in first place, and even though we all rip on Bozo Larusa, the dipshit of all dipshits, they are in first place, and they're one of the best records in baseball, or close to it. So that's a fair point. If you look at the innings pitch leaders, this is what I did. I, I went down a list of the most innings pitched right now. Shane Bieber leads the way as of today, seventy nine innings pitched. I'm not worried about Shane Bieber for some reason, even though he's already <laughs> creeping up to last year's total. But, you know, last year was a bozo season, so I'm not really focused on that at all. Tyler Bieber's, Glass now? Bieber's gone 200 before. Bieber, yeah, I'm not worried about Bieber. I just think he's a horse. And I know that's not, like, sound, logical advice. But it, uh, to me, it just makes sense that he's their guy, and he's going to go as far as uh, they uh, they believe he can tank them, I guess. But you look at the innings pitch leaders, Tyler Glass now, 77. Trevor Bauer, not worried about him. Zach Wheeler, 75. He's been a horse before. Chris Bass at 74. Aaron Savale, 74. Any of those few guys there, would you agree that Glass now would be the biggest concern, concern between Glass now, Bauer, Wheeler, Bassett? Just because Glass now throws so hard. Hmm. That way the most volatile delivery out of all those guys. Okay. That's interesting. I, I just think that we look at another profile, and you guys can look this information up on yourselves. He's only had one season of triple digits inning pitched. One season. Well, what's the least? most Savali has ever pitched? <laughs> Again, that, I agree. He's another, he's another guy. That's why I wrote his name down on our rundown, yeah. because he's a nice pitcher, and he's providing a great season for the Cleveland squad overall, but he doesn't have a track he's record. Ne- of- he's never pitched over 107 innings, and that was back in 2017 in A-ball. 
He's <laughs> at 74 already. Yes. He's, so does that – let's take that too. So are teams telling us now that some, some of these guys who have never been to the thresholds where they would eventually pace out to right now, are teams kind of giving away their hand that, yeah, some of these guys are going to go way beyond what they've ever done in their career because – we need them to. Everybody's in the same yeah. boat. We all hit a bozo yeah. 2020. Yeah. Do you God, think that's is, the case? It, I mean, it's so interesting. Like, I would not be surprised if out of those top six guys you said, it seems like all those guys were at about 70 or more innings. I'll, I'll be really, really interested to see where those guys are at in August and if any of those guys have hit a short IL stint or maybe it's just kind of management where maybe we're skipping a start here and there. I think that's probably the thing that you may end up seeing. Like, I think we talked about, I mean, you talked about how nobody was, I'm pretty sure you talked about how no one was going to get 200 innings. I said, maybe, maybe two or three guys. I was looking at like a, a Cole or a Bieber, you know, a DeGrom, those guys, but I mean, I got like Aaron Savali, 74 innings pitched right now. That's, that seems like a lot of innings for a guy that's never gone over 107. Exactly. So it's something to be aware of in redraft leagues, not dynasty, because I think Savali is definitely a guy you want to hold on to in dynasty. But if you're trying to win a redraft league, yeah. these are the time. If you have trades available, this is the time I think you need to start making decisions where you can get max return. Because hopefully people aren't thinking the way that we're talking about the situation. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting because maybe some of these guys in a redraft that maybe you're, you're getting a little nervous about them getting upwards towards a 200 i'm interested what type of value like a luis severino is going to be able to give you a guy who hasn't pitched yet this season is going to come back mid-summer start thinking about some of those guys who are coming back from minor injuries who mid-summer could be healthy the rest of the way down the stretch and give you the most value in your league hmm. uh, matt says here that urias julio urias the dodgers was actually among the league leaders in innings pitched last season people seem to forget the playoffs true Combined with the regular season in the playoffs, he had 78 total innings pitched, 55 regular season, 23 playoffs. League leader in 2020 overall was Lynn, 84, 84. innings pitched. He's for on some the reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Actually, no, he just came back. But I think Lance Lynn, I just think he's, as long as he's healthy, I think he's a horse and they'll let him go for as long as he can. Just makes sense. He's had the track record of, yeah. he's 33 years old. I know he's older, but that also means he's done this many times before, right? Derek says, I get your point, Matt, but those playoff innings don't count on your Roto team. And Matt <laughs> responds with, true, I'm talking about what the innings pitch threshold for this season may be. Higher than you might think. It's miles on that arm. That's the way I've always seen it. Yeah, that's what I respond in the comments saying, even if it doesn't count for fantasy, it's those are another 23 innings added to that shoulder, to that rotator cuff, right? To that elbow. These are things ticking to think time about. time bomb. <laughs> ticking time bomb, yeah. Every arm so, is a ticking time bomb. It's amazing that Justin Verlander went 17 years before his blew up. Isn't it, though? Especially this day and age. It's amazing. I don't think Zach... Did Zach Grinke ever have a Tommy John? I don't know if he actually ever did either. That's incredible. I'll have to check that. But the point of this subject is we could talk about a ton of pitchers and we go on for hours. We're not going to do that. I wanted to get it in your brain. Put a, put a bug in your ear about this situation and where we are with innings pitch because the Bozo season did happen last year and it's going to have an effect... As we get into the dog days of summer here, there's going to be six-man rotations that prop up more. There's going to be skip turns. There's going to be IL stints like the Dodgers have. You know, the Dodgers have mastered that, the IL stints that are unnecessary. Wink, wink. And I think it's important that we take a look at it now. So that's why I brought it up. And we'll continue to talk about this 
I'm I'm actually fascinated by how it actually turns out, dear. I really wonder how many innings Absolutely. pitch some of these guys will really go. But that's I mean, it's just interesting to think about. It's it's you know one of the leagues that I'm in because we are so relief pitching you know dominant in terms of having K per nine holds saves. There are some teams that only roster two starters. We have quality starts, and sometimes they try to stream to get those quality starts. But some of our rosters have two to three starting pitchers and like nine, ten relievers, and those teams have been really, really successful this year. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I really think that might be the future of fantasy, but we can talk about that another day as well. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for tuning in to the Wednesday edition of the Heads of Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by rotofanatic.com. Don't forget, it's Palazzo Podcast at protonmail.com. If anything you heard today you want to talk about further, we would love to hear from you. Or you can DM us at Palazzo Podcast, two L's and two Z's. Utah, give me two. On Twitter. I'm at MJ Govier, G-O-V-E's and Victor I-E-R on Twitter. And he's at CDeary1999. Dearly beloved, not the hoofed, antlered animal asshole that wrecks your fenders. He's here to help you. So hit up. Do people DM you uh, with fantasy talk? Yeah. Yeah, because I get... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, some people talk to me. Yeah, I, I get some uh, people, th- they email or they DM the Palazzo Podcast handle, which we always welcome, and they hit me up personally. When they're in a row bind, sometimes I miss. They want like immediate streaming advice for the day, and I'm not always <laughs> locked into Twitter 24-7, so I apologize if I occasionally miss, but we try to be there for you when we can. Uh, I'll be back on Friday with Dr. David Meyer, and we'll talk about uh, some different stuff. You know, it's going to be a good time. We appreciate all you guys connecting with us. Thank you, Matt. Good to see you on the show. Derek, Jasper, everybody. Oh, shit. Thanks a lot. You guys fucking rule. Well, that's <laughs> I love to hear that. That's Appreciate high praise, it. Derek. Thank you, Derek Schaefer. Thank you so much. Jasper, hope you're well. I hope you find the catch you're looking for. And, of course, we'll be back. Well, I'll do the Sunday Fab Show. Deary's going to be on a lovely weekend up north living La Vida Loca. Friday show, Fab Show. I will be here, and Deary will be back next week. And we'll just keep on doing this until the season's over. Thank you so much for your time. RotoFanatic.com, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. We'll catch you on the flip Utah. side. Bye, everybody. Think for an ace. I'd sacrifice my first five picks I would do anything for an ace I'd even draft play second round two But I'll never forget the way I felt When I drafted Mike Soroka In 2020 I would do But I won't do that No, I won't do that Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. 
this ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.